0: This is VOCM News Talk. Call 709-273-5211 or 1-888-590-8626. The views and opinions of this program are not necessarily those of this station. Here's VOCM News Talk host, Linda Swain.
1: And good afternoon, everyone. I trust you're having a uh, great day. Um, get dressed; <laughs> you're going to need it. Uh, we'll get into the weather now in just a moment. And you just heard VOCN Sarah Strickland giving us all the information on the wind chill factor that's going to be affecting most of us uh, starting tonight. Well, I want to start with this story because this is an important one. If you were, if you recall, on Friday, government had um, arranged for a news conference to uh, introduce and announce uh, the province's first licensed ride-sharing service in Newfoundland and Labrador. It was a company called uh, Red Sea Riding and it was owned by a man by the name of Yosef Tesfamichael. And um, VOCM News had gone down to Confederation Building to be part of that news conference, and it got delayed because of um, ostensibly other matters. Um, Now that we, you know, in retrospect, we know about the situation that um, Derek Bragg was facing at the time. So um, we weren't given a reason for the uh, postponement, but um, anyway, it didn't happen. and subsequently, VOCM um, court reporter uh, Brian Callahan learned uh, that uh, someone by the name of Yosef. Test for Michael was uh, facing charges before the court so uh, he did a little digging uh, made a few inquiries and uh, spoke with uh, Test for Michael himself um, uh, on two occasions to see if he had anything to say about these charges or if in fact it was him Uh, And you see the story that VOCM News has now up online. Well, government has suspended the first ride-sharing license in the province after being informed that the owner is facing sexual assault charges. VOCM News contacted government about the charges against Tesfa Michael yesterday. The 43-year-old, originally from Eritrea, is facing five counts against minors, including sexual assault, sexual interference, invitation to sexual touching, unlawfully making sexually explicit material available to a child and exposing his genitals. Now, these are charges against him. He's not convicted of any crimes. The offenses are alleged to have occurred between August of 2013 and May of 2021. He's pleaded not guilty, and the trial is set for October in Supreme Court. It was only last Friday, however, that government trumpeted the awarding of the first ride-sharing license to the man and his company, Red Sea Riding, saying the service would be available throughout the metro region in the coming months. Well, as you now know, uh, that uh, is not to be. In a statement to VOCM News, ServiceNL said the application was evaluated, it met the requirements, and the license was issued. However... They say new information was brought to the department's attention on Friday, that caused them to review the approval, and uh, that license has now been suspended until further notice. It's uh, raised a number of uh, concerns, primarily about um, you know due diligence and processes within government that um, would allow uh, you know a license to be issued in this kind of a circumstance um you know and, and others would could argue that uh, you know well it was it was found it was caught um and the uh, the license has since been um uh, suspended until further notice uh, i'd like to hear what you have to say about that the opposition is weighing in wondering if uh government did its due diligence and asking for uh vulnerable sector uh checks and and um um court checks, those kinds of things. Anyway, if you have anything uh, to say about that, you're certainly welcome to give us a call. In the meantime, uh, there is another company that has come forward uh, seeking uh, licensing for ride-sharing services, and they are going through the process now of ensuring that they meet the requirements that government has set uh, purely on a licensing standpoint. Uh, So... um, that is that on that. Uh, so far, no word on, um, you know, some of the bigger names uh, like Uber or Lyft um, applying for an application for ride-sharing ser- services in the province. And uh, if memory serves, uh, there had been some indication, and this is a while ago now. This is not We're not talking about recently or anything, but it was some time ago that uh, I believe it was Uber had indicated at the time that um, they didn't see a... Um, what do you call it, a a, a business model in this area. But that was before the legislation had changed and all that. And things, as you know, do change. Um, So uh, will we see ride sharing in Newfoundland and Labrador in the foreseeable future? Uh, Many people say absolutely. uh, But it's uh, not um, something that's going to be happening next week, we'll say. Anyway, uh, that's uh, all for uh, your consideration. Well, um, Claudette, <laughs> many people will be turning their thermostats up tonight because the mercury, as you just heard Sarah Strickland outline, is going to go.
2: Well, I had to look when I saw in the news that in in the weather reports that Sarah does um, the risk of frostbite right across the island with the minus twenty something temperatures, and then of course I personally had to go and look. Well. How long does it take to kind of get the frostbite? About a half hour, I think, in those temperatures. So, like with exposed skin, but I would suspect even minutes for for certain areas uh, as as well, um, which just makes you want to crawl under bed in bed and just leave work now and ignore all of this.
1: <laughs> it depends on wind speed and and the like, of course, oh, because yeah, it's that's put, right. it's it's you know. Pushing past you and pushing the heat mm-hmm. away from you, so it, you're more exposed. It, you know, depending on the velocity of the wind and all that. I'm no meteorologist. I'm no uh, what do you call it? <laughs> Whoever deals with these kinds of things. But uh, you know, from past stories that we've had, that's a, that's one of the factors because it's not just the temperature; it's also that wind chill factor and 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 how fast the wind is is uh, blowing at the time. And is it? And we're in Newfoundland and Labrador, so you know, then the wind's blowing. <laughs> sure. Uh, so yeah. It, so all of those things. Uh, And one of the things you have to watch for with frostbite is, uh, you know, you you think it's going to be something you notice, but it's, you, you don't really notice it. You know, you might feel, but once you get acclimatized to the cold, you might not think it's... Something to worry about at that particular moment, but your skin turns white. Mm-hmm. It actually freezes.
2: Well, yeah, you kind of need probably a ski mask if you're going to go for a run or a walk, or you know any of the exposed hands, finger, you know, toes, yeah. face, all will need to be completely covered. And of course, they suggest on Environment Canada's website Address dress in layers. We know that, but uh, like you said, sometimes you don't know. You're just going for a walk, and you have exposed skin. And if you're walking more than half an hour, you could very well get a get frostbite. And uh, animals, too, right? Yeah, like, yeah. animals are at risk.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you think they got those little furry bodies. Right. But uh, they lose heat, too, mm-hmm. and they got their little pads and their little ears and all of those things that can be uh, easily exposed. So, I mean, they you know, they can go out through their pee and stuff, but you're going to want them to come in pretty quickly And, after you know,
2: that. with the temperature that it's going to be, with the wind chill, they're going to want to come back in anyway. I remember seeing uh, a video that was quite funny on, on TV. I think it was uh, on social media but it went viral and some of the news uh, stations were covering it it was just a picture um, somebody took a video of someone's outdoors like just outside their door it was all snow and all you could see was just one uh, paw print so the animal just <laughs> nope yeah, did a nope really that's, that's all it was just one paw
1: print uh, nope. <laughs> Uh, We've made them soft. We have. We have. uh, They're spoiled (laughs) rotten, but we love it. Uh, Anyway, I I had to figure out what's going on now with the weather, with these uh, wind chills that are uh, dipping down into the uh, minus, uh, you know, the people in Labrador are going Right, because they're under You're this so weather warning soft.
2: I think it's like minus 40 something Yeah, you have to look it up but, yeah, uh, and it's I think it's
1: when you get into those ranges For might, uh, I'd have to double yeah. check don't quote me on it but is when you get into those uh, really deep numbers minus 40 minus 50 that's when mm-hmm. they close school and that because yeah, it's yeah. just too much of a risk what happens if the bu- bus breaks down what happens if your child is not able to walk back and forth you mm-hmm. know anyway uh, yeah so it gets a little bit more dicey but um, environmentally Canada meteorologist David Neal joins me now. Well, David, have you got your long johns on?
3: Uh, It's not not too bad uh, temperature-wise here in Gander. i actually got a pretty good flurry going through here uh, right now, but uh, temperatures are are starting to fall here. uh, So uh, certainly uh, as we get into uh, a little bit later this afternoon, this evening, it'll be uh, certainly a good idea to, to maybe put on an extra layer or two if you need to go outside. For
1: sure. So what are we looking at uh, across the province now in terms of uh, temperatures?
3: Uh, what we're seeing right now in um, in, Labrador, in uh, western Labrador right now seems is uh, currently the co- colder area of the province. Uh, temperatures uh, generally around uh, around minus 28 uh, in uh, in Lab West. Uh, also parts of northern Labrador like Nain around minus 25. So some cold temperatures throughout uh, parts of Labrador um, as we uh, this cold air mass is going to continue. Uh, we have a cold front sweeping through uh, across the island right now just mentioned, a pretty good flurry here in Gander. Uh, temperature's dropping in behind that, so uh, um, right now on uh, right now in Newfoundland, looking up on the northern peninsula, temperature's down to about minus, uh, we're from minus 11 to minus 13, with some wind chills now starting to creep into the minus 20s uh, on the island here. In Labrador, um, we've seen wind chills bottom out. Uh, Labrador City, Churchill Falls, and Nain uh, around minus 46, and actually Makovic got down around minus 45 So uh, some cold temperatures, brisk winds and uh, some cold wind chills uh, on tap uh, will start to uh, really spread spread across the island into uh, this evening.
1: So when temperatures start to uh, nose into those minus double digits and then you get a wind chill on top of that, what should people keep in mind?
3: Um, basically, if uh, if you are outside or, you, or you do, uh, if you are planning to be outside, uh, definitely a good idea to see dress in layers, dress very warmly. Uh, also, try to uh, minimize the amount of exposed skin that you have. That's the big thing with the wind chill. Uh, when you get that wind uh, bl- blowing on exposed skin, it can uh, get quite chilly really quickly, and your uh, your uh, risk of frostbite increases. So, certainly dress warmly, dress in layers, and make sure uh, uh, make sure to keep uh, keep exposed skin covered. In any of those areas where we do uh, we, we do have warnings in effect, like I mentioned, La- Western Labrador, Northern Labrador, places like Northern Peninsula. Um, basically, you know, if, if you don't need to be outside, probably a good idea to uh, to stay inside uh, through the later part of the day into tonight, if uh, if possible. But uh, certainly, if you if you are planning to be out or if you need to be outside, uh, definitely dress very warmly and make sure uh, make sure uh, to keep any uh, any as as much as much uh, as much your skin color Covered up as possible.
1: So, uh, my understanding is that this is going to be uh, relatively short lived.
3: Uh, this this particular round yes it uh, does look like um, as uh, you know w- uh, temperatures and wind chills across the island will continue to uh, drop through tonight uh, as I as, uh, heard there just on the radio just now you know minimum wind chill in st. Johns around minus 29 so that's gonna be quite cold uh, through tonight and into early tomorrow morning um, temperatures and wind chills will moderate gradually through the day tomorrow um, temperature things are going to still stay you know fairly chilly uh, for the rest uh, for the 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 rest of the week, things will be kind of up and down uh, as we go through the rest of the work week. So still some, you know, colder temperatures, wind chills possible for a lot of areas. Um, But generally moderating a bit after uh, tonight and really through the day on on Wednesday. With that said, uh, we are kind of keeping an eye uh, on the long-range forecast. does look like... Uh, The possibility uh, that we could see another uh, cold outbreak uh, coming into uh, uh, across the province throughout really the later part of the weekend, looking more really through the day on Sunday across uh, across much of Labrador and then into more Sunday night into early Monday uh, across the island. Uh, Again, one that may not necessarily might not linger around too long, but again, another blast of cold temperatures uh, looks uh, looks likely uh, as we get into the later uh, later stages of the weekend. David
1: Neal, I do appreciate your time. Thank you.
3: Not a problem. Thanks for having me.
1: So, uh, cold tonight, Then warm up a little bit, and then cold again in another couple of days' time. And the uh, Newfoundland and Labrador Housing just issued this advisory uh, due to the uh, anticipated cold weather temperatures. Uh, they are te- uh, uh, advising people who are um, living um, or, or don't have a place to stay to contact Newfoundland and Labrador Housing. Um, uh, they have an emergency shelter line, and I will uh, give it out now. It's one eight three three seven two four two four four four. 724 2444 So if uh, you don't have uh, a shelter to stay in tonight or you know somebody who does not have a shelter to stay in tonight, you can call that number, and they will set you up um, on the emergency shelter line uh, with temporary accommodations to make sure that, you know, you're not exposed to this kind of temperature because, you know, it's uh, it's extreme. Uh, also, the Safe Haven Shelter at 10 St. Clair Avenue uh, serves as a warming centre in times of inclement weather. The emergency shelter line will identify other options for those calling from outside the St. John's Metro area. So regardless of uh, where you are living in Newfoundland and Labrador, if uh, you or someone you know has nowhere to stay tonight, Uh, You can call that emergency shelter line, and I'll give that number again. It's 1-833-724-2444. And uh, Claudette will have that number as well. If you uh, didn't catch that and you need the number. Well, um, when we come back, uh, we'll be uh, talking to you a little bit about um, a... uh, mineral exploration conference that's underway uh, on the uh, left coast of Canada when we come back right after this this is News Talk on VOCM.
2: Stay
0: informed and have your say on the news of the day with your VOCM. Join Linda Swain weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 p.m. for an hour of talk and discussion with decision makers and listeners like you. News Talk on your VOCM.
1: And we are back. Well, a number of local companies are participating in a mineral exploration conference that's underway now in Vancouver. Energy Minister Andrew Parsons joins me. Good afternoon, Andrew.
0: Good afternoon.
1: So, uh, this mineral exploration conference in uh, British Columbia, you're not there, but you have uh, people there. What's it all about?
0: Yeah, so this is what they call the AME Roundup Conference. It's in Vancouver. It's basically the second largest uh, international. Exploration and mining conferences in Canada, right after uh, PDAC. about six or seven thousand people come from all over the world, uh, and so the department has been going now for probably more than twenty-five years. So, same thing this year. We've got quite a team that's out there on the ground, uh, just continuing to promote what we have in Newfoundland and Labrador. Uh, you know, it, it's a constant battle to when it comes to investment dollars, and so we have to sell people on why they should spend those dollars in Newfoundland and Labrador. Now, we think we have a a good reason, but you still have to go out there and fly the flag, as they say.
1: So you say it's tough. Uh, How are we doing overall?
0: Uh, excellent. I mean, you know, we, we've got a lot to talk about. You know, we just recently, before Christmas, launched a critical minerals plan, uh, and there's been great finds. There's a lot of success stories in Newfoundland and Labrador. But again, we have to continue to to tout them and to talk about them. Uh, and you know, when you look at, it, we have all the things. Like you have the mineral fine. We have a you know a regulatory environment that's uh, people understand. Uh, a government that's very uh, friendly and helpful, uh, and staff that are second to none. We've got the information here and we, we, we go out of our way I think to encourage it and to, to make it easier. We want people to come here and because we see the benefits on a number of levels.
1: And the resources uh, so in terms of those resources, where are the big selling points for us what what uh, you know gives us that extra leverage?
0: Well, I, I mean, the first thing we look at is just, you know, when you see what we have here in terms of the geology, and again, I'm probably the last one to try to explain it, but this is why we have the actual geology team and uh, the people that are, you know, front line, hands on, that are out there talking to these investors and to these companies. And we do have uh, companies from Newfoundland and Labrador that are actually out there on the ground, a along with their prospectors. Uh, I, I think, you know, when you look at just the, the sheer number of the, the elements that we have here, it's... Uh, it shows that there's there's opportunity, and and again for what's been discovered here, there's still a lot of on untested on ground, especially in Labrador. Labrador itself has so much uh, richness in terms of resource, uh, but there's you know such a massive landmass that it's there's a lot left to be done. There's a lot of opportunity, and so again, you know, we we need to encourage that.
1: I see there's a number of companies, uh, local companies that are involved. Uh, Some of the names are not familiar to me. What can you tell us about them?
0: Yes, we've got Red Paramount, uh, Cantera, and Newfound uh, that are out there. Along with, I think we have three prospectors that are there. So Newfound is probably the the most well-known. But again, some of these companies tend to fly under the radar. And again, you know, it's difficult, too. I mean, you're so busy. Again, there's only so much uh, capital floating around. So, you know, to, to... put your people on the ground you know, as far away as BC it's, It comes with a cost. So this is just one of the conferences. Uh, well, When it comes to PDAC, which is generally in Toronto in March month, that's when you'll see a, a, an even bigger presence from Newfoundland and Labrador there. Hopefully uh, we'll be attending myself uh, to, again, to sell what the province has there. So, you know we're we're there supporting them, and again I can't say enough. Like we've got a, a really strong team within the department, many who've been there a long time. Uh, so you know I, I certainly rely on their expertise, and they're you know they're passionate about what they do. They they don't you know people don't often see it, uh, but it's been a real big learning experience for me not having come from that background. So if anything we, we need to continue to let these people shine and, and talk to it people from around the world about again why should you come to Newfoundland and Labrador.
1: Andrew Parsons, I do appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, that is um, Energy Minister Andrew Parsons, uh, who is talking about that um Uh, mineral exploration conference which is now underway in Vancouver a number of companies participating and some uh, members of uh, his department who are there as well and if he sounds uh, a bit subdued well uh, I would suggest that uh, all members of uh, government on all sides of the house uh, feeling very subdued today in light of the terrible news that came down yesterday with the passing of Derek Bragg and uh, uh, wow the outpouring of um, condolences and tributes uh, to a man who really seems to have—I um, don't—captured something in the hearts of Newfoundlanders and Labradorians. Uh, just a, a really genuine. A human being, and that came across in uh, all the things that he did. Uh, if you have any thoughts on that as well, you're certainly welcome to give us a call. Uh, we're up to news time now with Sarah Strickland. You're listening to News Talk. We'll be back right after this.
3: Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at com or submit them online at vocm.com.
1: And we're back. Well, this is Data Privacy Week, and we've been having uh, conversations with uh, privacy commissioner michael harvey over the last uh, couple of days you heard a portion of a conversation i had with him yesterday on vocm news talk yesterday and we've been uh sharing some um some more portions of that conversation in our uh, morning show and again tomorrow but um here he is now uh, outlining the importance of protecting our data privacy in some of the areas of greatest concern and in terms of uh, oversight and uh, ensuring that, uh, you know, your privacy is protected, I noticed that the provincial government recently announced that you can now access your um, health records uh, through a, a government website. And uh, my, immediately, my immediate thought was, wait a minute now, uh, if I had an x-ray, for instance, uh, I have a certain level of trust with my uh, family physician to be able to call up his office and say, how how did my x-ray go or, or meet up with my doctor? And I have that level of trust and, and acceptance. But I don't know if I would be okay with that going into a broader system where, theoretically anyway, anyone could be able to access that if they guessed my password or knew my password or whatever the case may be, if you know what I'm trying to say. So how do you, yeah. how do you protect that?
4: So, first of all, I'm I'm really glad that you've asked this question, and uh, we were consulted. So, I, I have been a long-time champion of uh, getting an individual's access to their own uh, health records. Uh, well, first of all, you know, I am uh, also the, as well as the Privacy Commissioner, and the Information Commissioner, and access to your own personal information is one of my core uh, purposes. And, uh, and you and I already have a legislative right to access our own health. Information under the Personal Health Information Act, which is uh, one of one of the key statutes that then I'm charged with uh, with providing oversight on. So, a personal health record, a digital one, uh, allows us to get more convenient access to something that we already have a legislative right to. Uh, right now, if you wanted to get access to your own uh, health records directly, then uh, you'd have to, you know, make an application to uh, whoever held that information, whether it's the health authority or whether it's your doctor, and um, and then there might be a fee associated with it, and it would take some time. Making this available Digitally and for free is a key step forward, in my view, in changing the way the culture of healthcare in this province. But the questions that you ask are really important ones, and I am glad that you asked them because I expect a lot of Newfoundlanders and Labradorians are asking themselves the same question. Hold on, if I need to go to my GovNL to get my health records, does that mean that the provincial government has all my health records? Uh, I thought that my doctor had my health records or the health authority had my health records. I don't want the government having them. I think I, I can, I can assure you, we have been consulted on this. The government does not have your health records. You can think of my GovNL as, as a mall. Okay. as the Avalon mall, right? So my GovNL you know, when you go, when you go to the mall, if the front doors are locked, uh, then the Avalon mall has locked them. But the mall itself doesn't have access to let's say um you know sephora i don't know if you shop at the the makeup store in there or or uh uh, you know bootlegger right those stores have their own locks and they monitor their own uh their own security in the mall so when you go to my yes there is an there is a provincial government system that lets you in the front door but it's behind that front door is a whole separate set of uh, of securities, so the provincial government does not have your health records. Uh, those health records are still held by the by the health system where they 're supposed to be held. now you also ask, well, what if someone gets my password? And the answer to that is, it's always a risk, but the, we when we were consulting on it, we had the same questions, you know, how what are your security protocols? And there is what we call multi-factor authentication that is going to be a part of uh, of your access to your health records in the same way that, let's say, you were going to try to get access to online banking and you had to... You, usually, the way it would work is you put in a password and then the, somebody would... Uh, the System would let's say text your phone, and you had to confirm that code. That's called multi-factor authentication. And so, this these uh, are being uh, these systems are being strengthened to make sure that it is in fact you, Linda, that is trying to get access to your your x-ray so you know at the oipc we were really you know we were consulted on this uh by the department of health uh some months ago and we were very enthusiastic about it and so we were very happy to see this come to fruition uh last week when it was announced
1: are you satisfied with the uh, strength of security systems within uh, government agencies and uh, government departments to ensure that uh, data and privacy is um, um, upheld and and protected? Because we've seen a number of cyber attacks now: one on the health system itself, another one now recently at Grenfell. Um, are are, are Is government and government agencies, are they getting better at um, protecting that?
4: So with respect to cybersecurity, you know, the life of someone who worries about cybersecurity means never being satisfied. We can can never let ourselves be satisfied. Uh, And I'm sure that, uh, you know, and we've had conversations with the cybersecurity experts in the provincial government. They're not satisfied. Uh, You know, every day they wake up and they try to figure out, you know, what are the new threats and how are the criminals staying in front of us? And so I'm satisfied that they are not satisfied. Uh, we um, uh, and so if I was to say I'm satisfied, uh, it would might mean uh, you know, uh, don't call uh, Harvey's office again. That's not where we are. Uh, we got to keep these conversations going, and we have to keep uh, we have to keep striving. I am satisfied that, particularly after the health system uh, attack, that uh, and this was in the uh, the cyber the cyber attack report that my office did uh, that um, uh, that the health system introduced a, n- a new initiative to harden their system. Uh, our the technical consultants that we use to advise us on this verified that that is the you know the industry standard for how to harden your system. Uh, I had an excellent meeting with the uh, the Office of the Chief Information Officer which does cybersecurity for the provincial government. I am confident that they and the other experts that they work with nationally uh, and even internationally are headed in, in the right direction. Yeah, we're still going to get attacks that happen, Um, but I I think that that the province is oriented in the right direction currently.
1: So what's the big takeaway then for the average uh, ordinary person who goes about their life not really thinking about these matters? What should they know?
4: Sure so uh, i'll start with again the two the two things that we wanted to highlight for uh, da- uh, for data privacy week this uh, this year that's employee privacy and the privacy rights of children and youth. The first is on employee privacy that that we really need to uh, be that a lot of what uh, companies, are or some of what companies are doing in in some places, are uh, goes beyond impl- uh, simple monitoring of employees, but can be truly privacy invasive, and the the. You know, our governments really need to step forward and address that legislative gap for private sector employees in most provinces to provide them with the protections that they deserve. With respect to the privacy rights of children and youth, you know, we need to educate and enable our children and and youth uh, to protect themselves in this digital world, but also uh, governments and public bodies have to step up and make sure that they're uh, acting in the best interests of the child and with the rights, the privacy rights of children and youth, in the forefront of their mind when they're tr- when uh, they're thinking of how children may access their systems. And in general, the point that I would uh, I would get across to everyone is privacy is not dead. We are just starting this conversation. Uh, the The tube is not out of the toothpaste. The the horses have not left the barn. Uh, our governments. Uh, across the country and around the world are uh, acting now to strengthen the protections that we need. For our privacy and our government, I know I was, again, with with the comments of Minister Stidley, I was happy to hear that they're they're looking at AI legislation. We need to strengthen the privacy protections in our other acts, uh, the Access to Information Protection and Privacy Act and the Personal Health Information Act, both of which there are reports on both of those um, ministers' desks. So, you know, we need to do our bit here uh, in strengthening legislation in Newfoundland and Labrador.
1: Michael Harvey, I do appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much, Linda. And uh, Michael Harvey is Newfoundland and Labrador's Privacy Commissioner. This is Data Privacy Week, and he really does uh, do uh, an interesting job in terms of outlining why our digital and uh, data privacy is so important and ways in which uh, we need to start thinking about those kinds of things. So if you've taken anything away from that, uh, then I guess his job Well, his job is not done, but I'm sure he sees it as uh, being beneficial to the public. Well, uh, when we come back, um, the federal cabinet participating in its uh, winter retreat in Montreal. Affordability, of course, one of the big items on the agenda. We'll hear what uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau had to say to reporters in Montreal this morning when we come back right after this. This is News Talk on VOCM.
3: Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com.
1: We're back on VOCM News Talk. And, of course, affordability is a big question that, uh, and uh, topic that everybody's talking about these days. And Claudette uh, went grocery shopping this weekend and um, really started to realize, uh, as I was going through the aisles, how difficult it is to figure out what the price of something is.
2: Oh, even when they try to do the price comparison next to each, they don't have the same metrics. Like, it's just, it's impossible to to find that out as well. It struck me that, wow, what a brilliant
1: marketing tool that is. Because you're going through the aisle and you see something that you normally pick up, and it says, okay, uh, buy... Oh, that drives me. Three nuts. or less at yes. this price. Yeah, but if you buy three or more, you get it at that price. Yep. That drives me crazy because you don't want all of those. No, you no, don't want, want all of those. And now you've just made me spend
5: three amounted. times the amount exactly. that you wanted to spend. And I'm not me. really
1: interested in the you know multi, stocking yeah. up on whatever this particular item happens to be. Sometimes, yes. But not all the time. So then you start to, you're starting to look, okay, so if I only want one, which is what I want right now, right. I have to pay a bit more. So then you feel like, okay, I'm being manipulated to pay more there. But now you're being manipulated to actually spend more yeah. uh, to get the saving and, um, or if what you think is the saving. Exactly Right. Uh, also another one, uh, buy two, get the third free. Well, how do I know now what the individual price of those three items. And, you know, you'll see that there. And then you'll try to do the math in your head. And what I found really interesting was there were so many of these items when we went out shopping the other day, myself and my husband. And we were stopping each time. Stopping each time and at each item. And doing the calculations yes. either in our head. He's more of a math person than I am. So I rely on his <laughs> mathematic brain. Me too. Um, uh, and I've always been that way. I mean, since a kid, uh, math was never my forte, and I will, you know, uh, happily uh, express that. But uh, uh, so we're going through the aisles, and we're going, okay, all right. So this one is this many grams for this amount. So you're doing that math calculation. But this one Isn't is this. Difference. But it's a different size. Is, no, that's the better. This is the better buy, even though when you look at it, if you're not paying attention, yeah. You'd think this is the better buy. It, you know what I'm trying to say? I do know so what you're saying. So the days of going through a grocery aisle and saying, I need cereal. I need a, uh, uh, a thing of a uh, uh, tub of peanut butter. I need a couple loaves of bread. I need the milk. The, the, those days, just grabbing whatever your favorite brand is mm-hmm. and popping it in your cart are gone. So we were going through the aisles and we were doing this item by item. And you could see the smoke coming out of our ears with all the <laughs> thinking we had to do to figure out yeah. how best our dollar is going to be spent here. And when I looked up from our deliberations at one time, actually holding items and you know feeling the heft of them and then looking at the grams or the yeah. liters or Mills. whatever it happened to be, when I looked up, absolutely everyone else doing was doing same. exactly the same thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you're, you're not just going in and grabbing what you need. It's a whole math lesson. And sometimes I feel that when they have the comparisons there, some of them, it doesn't work out to how they say they are. Like, it doesn't make sense why they're saying, oh, you should base, basically they want you to go at certain big box stores. They want you to go with a particular brand. So they'll showcase uh, both sides, um, you know, the price comparison. But no, like. When they they tried to do that, but then when I was doing the calculations, my husband I'm like that does not make sense. What they're trying to do here, so I purposely did the opposite of what they wanted me to do. <laughs> like it's, it, it made me feel good.
1: Compute. It doesn't,
2: yep. and it really really bothers me when they do that. Or or they'll say price per. You're only spending so many cents per milliliter. Right, but you, you got to buy the whole bottle. So yeah. I don't know. I just. I, I always said that I used to love grocery shopping, but lately it's like I, you can't check your brain at the door. you got to really be on guard when you're yeah, shopping. Yeah, and I mean,
1: we're all in the same boat. Mm. We are all in the same boat. We are getting it from absolutely every direction. Um, yeah. You know, and, and people in the working world have, uh, you know, ostensibly have the potential to make more money. You know, what the reality right. is is different for everybody. But, you know, ostensibly, if you're in the working world, you have the ability to make more money at some point or your salary will go up or your wages will go up or you'll find a, you know, a, a, a job that pays more, whatever the case may be. But all of the people in Newfoundland and Labrador who are on fixed incomes don't have that luxury and their buying power is shrinking
2: continuously. Well, yeah, and one of the things that... <laughs> <laughs> so this is cathartic. This conversation is cathartic. But staples. I feel that staples, it's okay for everybody saying that they're price checking and so that you should just come to this particular store because we have the better value. But in essence, what they do is they rise the price on some of the things that you really need. So you you can't do all your shopping at one store. You have to go around, yep, which absolutely. costs you money as and, well. Um, and, yeah. uh, you know, this whole
1: controversy over the 30% off versus the 50% oh, yes. off and all of that sort of thing. Well, my first thought, and I don't know if there's any truth in this at all, but my first thought was, okay, well, how are they pricing
2: the base item then now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, There's so many ways around it. Yeah. And we, we got to eat. So
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know why people are frustrated. You go around the grocery stores now and that's all you hear. You do hear the conversation. I'm not paying that for that. that Do you see how much that is this week? (laughs) You know, that, uh, Anyway, thank <laughs> we're you for that. Gosh, <laughs> I actually feel
2: like unburdened.
1: <laughs> well, those types of questions were put to uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau today. Here's some of what he had to say to reporters in Montreal
5: people are squeezed between the cost of groceries and rents and uh, all the challenges they're facing that's why we've continued to step up with concrete ways to support Canadians uh, whether it's uh, the range of measures from uh, bringing childcare fees down uh, to investing in um, in uh, in uh, more money uh, through the climate action Incentive, through uh, through the childcare as sort of the uh, Canada child benefit uh, or uh, the support we're bringing to uh, families uh, with uh, greater dental care as it rolls out for seniors right now. We're there to support people through these tough times with uh, real programs and uh, real work uh, that's delivering for them. Uh, We've announced uh, in a couple of weeks we'll hold a national summit on uh, auto theft uh, to go out one of the challenges that's facing Canadians in far too many uh, cities across the country. Uh, But we're also uh, spending time uh, this week uh, leaning in on uh, a number of big issues. Uh, We had uh, a panel on the the economy uh, with a focus on how the middle class is doing and how we can make sure that people continue to see uh, a strong and optimistic future for them and for their kids uh, in this country despite uh, challenging geopolitical and and global economic headwinds. Uh, That's why hearing from economists, from experts, from uh, a range of folks to look at what really and what more uh, our government can work on to deliver for people in uh, complex and challenging times. We also uh, were uh, invited back uh, members of a panel on housing uh, to look at what we've been able to do over the past six months. Uh, Tim Richter and Mike Moffitt and others uh, were here. They were with us last summer uh, when we uh, launched our significant uh, housing measures that we've been rolling out all fall. And this was an opportunity for us to hear directly from them uh, on what more we can do to continue uh, to tackle the housing challenge across the country. Uh, we've also um, talked a lot about the uh, American elections coming up. Uh, Canada-U.S. relations are fundamental uh, for the prosperity, and well-being of Canadians. We know this is a, uh, an important election year for the U.S. So we will be hearing shortly from uh, a panel of experts on uh, Canada-U.S. relations and uh, making sure that we're ready for uh, whatever Canadians, uh, whatever Americans decide in uh, in this coming November. Um, I have asked. Uh, our Minister of Trade and our Minister of Industry uh, Mary Ng and Francois-Philippe Champagne uh, to lead the Team Canada approach working with Ambassador Kirsten Hillman who's here today for the panel uh, to uh, pull together as we did uh, a number of years ago uh, a Team Canada approach including uh, businesses, entrepreneurs, uh, organized labor, uh, civil society groups, uh, different orders of government to make sure uh, that we're ready to continue to benefit uh, as Canadians from a strong relationship with the United States. Uh, we know there's uh, always challenges whenever there's an American election, uh, but as we have before we're going to be ready uh, to deal with uh, whatever gets tossed at us and make sure we're defending Canadians' interests and uh, opportunities in this strong relationship.
1: So that's a little of uh, what um, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau had to say to reporters outside the uh, Cabinet retreat in Montreal. A wide range of topics being discussed there, and uh, he just outlined some of them there, including affordability, housing, and uh, keeping an eye on what's happening south of our border. Well, uh, Claudette, I hope you uh, stay warm tonight, and I hope our res- uh, the rest of our um, listeners stay warm tonight. If you or someone you know doesn't have a place to stay tonight with these temperatures taking a drop into the minus uh, double digits minus 29 is the wind chill for the metro region Um, there is a line that is set up an emergency line uh, 1-833-724-2444 for anyone who um, needs a little help in that regard that's it for us for now Uh, thanks for listening everyone we'll be back tomorrow bye bye for now